0: So Money, episode 933, Erica Parker Price, host and creator of the podcast, Ready, Pause, Go. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself.
1: Even if all your money is going to child care, that is a short term thing. Right. And if you do step financially, it makes sense for you even to spend a huge percentage of your money. And don't think of it as just the mom's money, right? The mom's money and the dad's money should be contributing to that um, or both parents, whoever the parents are. But to really think more long term about that, not like what percentage of my paycheck is going to pay for this.
0: To all my parents out there listening, you know that the juggle and struggle between career and family life is tough. So hard that 43% of mothers take a career break. But once that career break is over, getting back in the workforce is the new challenge. Welcome to So Money. I'm your host, Farnush Tarabi. Our guest today is Erica Parker Price, who knows all too well the difficulties of returning to work after a career pause. She spent the first 12 years of her career working in technology and negotiating multiple multi-million dollar projects, but after her second child was born, she decided to take a career pause to raise her sons. Once she was ready to re-enter the workforce, her gap meant she struggled to find a job, couldn't return to tech, and it took her years to find her ways into a new industry. Frustrated by the experience and wanting to help other career pausers along the way, she launched Ready, Pause, Go!, a service and podcast coaching women on how to transition back into the workforce. Here we go. Here's Erica Parker Price. Erica Parker Price. uh, Welcome to So Money. I'm ready. I haven't paused. I'm ready and I'm going. Oh, well, thank you, Farnoosh. I'm so happy to be here. You are the founder of Ready, Pause, Go. I love this. Uh, this is a podcast for the millions of women out there who are taking a career pause to raise their family. And you really look at this as a as a continuum, as an evolution, you know, like sometimes you're gonna be working, sometimes you might not be, and then you wanna get back into the workforce. Like the pause is really where, this is, I feel like the most critical period in sort of the, the journey, right? Because the pause is where the story Needs to really be strong for you to then to be able to get back into the workforce with a vengeance, with a mission, and successfully, right? I think that we should not take the pause for granted. Oh, absolutely. And the people that I work with are primarily pausing to
1: raise their families. And it's 37% of professional women do it, 43% of moms do. So you're right, it's millions of people. But I think that we're I really want people to look at is, you know, what's the power of that pause? So yes, you're home, you're taking care of your kids, but it's also a time for you when you can be looking at, you know, what is it that you want to do when you go back? If you want to go back to the exact same job, how do you stay engaged? Mm -hmm. If you think maybe you made the wrong choice in the first place and you want to pivot to something else, how can you use that time when you're home to, you know, retrain yourself, to start a side hustle, to get you there? when you're ready. So it isn't about not taking a pause, um, particularly in the United States. I think a lot of people do it because of you know, access to paid leave is so small in our country. Um, but it's really using that time for yourself as well.
0: And Ready, Pause, Go is not just a podcast. It's really a resource, a, a site for people where you're offering coaching to help women transition back to the workforce after a career pause. And like so many incredible coaches, you come to this Work with your own personal story and experience. And you uh, worked for 12 years. You had an incredible career. You launched products. You negotiated contracts. You ran programs for places like Microsoft and Intel. And then along the way, like so many women became a mother and then a mother again. And it got a little bit more challenging with the second child. As I can, I can also attest to that. And at the same time, your husband's career was uh, was was getting more um, involved. And so that's when you decided to take a pause in your career. Was that decision really hard to make or were you at peace with it pretty quickly? You
1: know, it's interesting when I look back at it, I think I told myself that I was at peace with it, but the reality is I just could not take another step forward. I traveled a lot for my business. I was remote from where my team was. So I had moved for my, my husband's a physician and I had moved for his, first his fellowship and then for his permanent job. And so Intel had been great and let me work remotely. But when you're managing a team that's somewhere else, you have responsibilities not only to travel back to that team, but then I also managed a program that covered North America. So you know, when you're traveling a quarter of the time and then my husband was a cardiologist, so he was on call you know, you, you get to a point where you feel like you're failing on every level. Like you're not doing well at work. You're not doing well as a mom. You can't even contemplate doing well as a wife, you know? So I got to that point, like I cannot do this anymore and I'm going to be at peace with it. But I think some of that is a story that you tell yourself too. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I think that this is a crossroads that is really challenging. And so for for everyone listening who might one day be at that crossroads or is in it right now, what's sort of a checklist of things that we should run through or what are some questions we should ask ourselves before making that transition? Well, I I think childcare is a huge part of it. So my
1: kids were 18 months and three and a half years old at the time that I left and Having the best child care that allows you to do your job is critical. Um, so for me, I look back and this was a while ago. I think if I were to do it again, I had had a nanny with the first one. When I had a second child, I decided particularly my oldest one was really too loud for me to be working in the home anymore. And he knew that I was there. And so, you know, he wanted to come bang on the door. So I decided I'd send them off to daycare. Um, but that had all of its challenges in itself, particularly when you have kids that, you know, have food allergies, have asthma, ear infections, you know. And, you know, my kids weren't particularly sick, but enough that it can really derail your day-to-day job. Um, If I were to do it again with sort of modern day resources, I think, you know, I would have stayed the nanny route while they were younger. I would have gotten a co-working space, which really wasn't something that existed 10 years ago. Um, But I think the other big thing that that really makes a lot of people leave their career is so much of my money is going to childcare. Why would I even bother working? And I think that's a critical thing to look at because even if all your money is going to childcare, that is a short term thing. Right. And if you do step away permanently from, or not permanently, but if you do step away from your career, it has a huge impact on your revenue or you know your earning power. And so it's possible that it might financially make sense for you even to spend a huge percentage of your money. And don't think of it as just the mom's money, right? The mom's money and the dad's money should be contributing to that Um, or both parents, whoever the parents are. But um, you know, to really, to really think more long-term about that, not like what percentage of my paycheck is going to pay for this. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I've written about how you you almost have to think of it as an investment of your time and of your resources. I mean, it's uh, not without que- it's without question that we will spend, we will take out debt to go to college, right? For four years, we will these days, you know, spend upwards of a hundred, hundred fifty thousand dollars in debt to graduate with a degree. Because we why? Because we believe that it's an investment in our future. Then why are we so quick to leave the workforce? Because, you know, my salary is on par with childcare or a little bit less than childcare. And because for every year that you're not in the workforce, that is not just that year's loss of money. That is compounding over your career lifetime. That's social security that you're not paying into, right? That's an inability Mm -hmm. to set aside money for your retirement and that's also an experience that a years worth of experience that you're going to have to make up for in order to get to the place you want to be in your career which i guess brings us back to the other part of your equation the ready pause go kind of like continuum which is getting back into go mode so you've paused let's say you've you've made the hard decision to pause or maybe it wasn't a hard decision, but you've made the decision to pause and now you want to go back into the workforce. And, you know, a year or two out of the workforce, in the grand scheme of it, probably not as difficult as maybe someone who's out of the workforce for five plus years. On average, where do you see the, the how long do you see the pause lasting? And then what are some steps that everybody should take as they transition back into the workforce?
1: So the average pause is two years. And, you know, that's, that's the average. Obviously, there's people that are 20 years. So there's people that are six months. It, you know, it really varies. Um, it, but if you're, you know, anywhere beyond a year, I think you're, you know, you're sort of beyond that typical job transition. I think that there are a couple things that everybody needs to look at and going back. The number one is connections. So how is your network? And, you know, this could be in person, LinkedIn, all kinds of different options. But if you've been away for a while, it is absolutely worth, well, first of all, if, you know, if you're, if you're just starting your pause, you want to, you know, make sure that you're maintaining that network. But if you've been away for a long time, it's also okay to reach out to people even if you worked with them five or 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, those people are going to be able to help you in ways that you can't even predict. So it isn't like, Hey, reached out to them on LinkedIn and say like, I'm looking for a job, (laughs) but Just letting people know like, hey, I'm looking to make a transition. I'm considering going back to work. Just wanted to give you a heads up. This is what I'm interested in. Um, And then uh, the other thing that I really encourage people to do during the pause is to have a side hustle. Mm -hmm. So if you can consult back in what you were doing before, that is a great way to keep your um, keep yourself in the business. Maybe there's something that you want to do going forward that's completely different. Like it's it's easier than ever to go get trained. Like, you know, if you want to go get trained in digital marketing, there's a million different ways to do that online. And then it's pretty easy to set up, you know, your own consulting business easier than it's ever been. Um, And that can really help you put something at the top of your resume when you're looking to go back, you know, really maybe more to corporate America.
0: And, and going back to the pause portion of this, um, I've done some research, you know, in as far as people who want to say take a voluntary leave from work because they're just maybe stressed out. It's not so much to take care of their kids, but listen, you know, work sometimes gets to be too much and mental health is a real important thing. So taking a break is important. And I've, I've read, I've, I've, my, the experts tell me, you know, the career experts, the career coaches are like, you need to, Kind of be always be thinking about what is that story that I'm going to tell the employer when I'm ready to get back into the workforce about why I took the pause and how I continue to stay active. And maybe it's not that you had the part time job or the side hustle because frankly, it was just, it's just too much. But could you volunteer once a month somewhere? Right. Could you hang out with your colleagues? And at least stay in the know, right, of what's happening and go to some conferences, go to a couple of workshops here and there, maybe do take an online course passively. But I think always helpful to cling on to some of these things as they're going to be talking points for you when you're then interviewing for that next job. The other thing
1: is, I think when I talk about a pause, I'm really talking about a pause from paid work. And you're right. It can be for many different reasons. It could be because you have career burnout. It could be because you want to travel the world for a year. Um, But it's a pause from paid work that doesn't prohibit you from putting other opportunities and accomplishments that you've made on your resume. So, you know, maybe you were involved in an organization and you had some big accomplishments there you don't have to put that it was four hours a week or that you weren't paid. That doesn't necessarily, that's not part of what a resume is. And so I think it is good. uh, You know, it's probably hard to say like, Hey, I took a year off and I watched Netflix for the year that might not go (laughs) over so well, but, um, but yeah, there's absolutely all kinds of different reasons that people do it. And I do think that companies are starting to change. Um, companies are starting to offer returnship programs, mm-hmm. which are basically internship programs for people returning. They typically want you to meet their qualifications of you know, having been gone at least a year or two years from the workforce. But in those programs, they're... The, Those are really companies with HR departments that are recognizing Mm -hmm. that the the career path isn't linear anymore. People are stepping out of it. And the people that I've talked to in HR really feel like this is a trend that is growing, that as millennials take more, you know, personal choices in their career, that this is something that companies are going to have to be aware of.
0: Right. And it's an asset when you have someone who has really great life experience. If you have a dynamic life and you're really immersed in it, I mean, that is such value, bringing it to a team and bringing it to a company um, because you're just that much more experienced in all of the things. And I do want to point out a resource for people in addition to Ready, Pause, Go. Definitely check that out. Um, there's also a site. I'm sure you're familiar with Appre Group. Yes. America, right. So they're a website. And to your point, they work with companies that are very vocal about supporting families and have been making a lot of strides within their companies to create more amenable workplaces for their family employees. You know, we have a lot of choices. We got to remember about where we can work. We need to remember that. Um, that well, if- and... Yeah. Particularly right now, it is such
1: a good job market. I mean, there's never been a better time to try to go back with a slightly unusual resume. You know, the companies are really desperate to hire people. So they're more open to hear your story.
0: Let's talk about money a little bit. Yes. Um, I'm sure that you have your own personal experiences. I guess I, I would start with the question of if you're in the pause years, um, how do you create financial stability for yourself and for your family? if you're not working?
1: Well, I think financial independence is a big piece of this. And if you're in a family where you're the person not bringing in the money anymore, um, you know, I think that's absolutely something that you have to look at. For me personally, I've always managed the money, and so I think that that did give me you know, somewhat of a feeling that I was still contributing in my own way to it. But I think I also, you know, I'll just give you my own personal story. I'm really drawn to this because I see so many um, women in particular who don't prepare for the future. And, you know, when we talk about, you know, why people do this, a lot of times I do think it's short-sighted, you know, because you assume like I'm in a family, my husband's making a lot of money, it's all going to be fine. Um, I do like to remind people and not everybody loves this, but you know, your your life doesn't always work out the way that you think it does, you know. And in my case, you know, my husband, who's a cardiologist, he left on full disability when he was 47 years old. And so that wasn't something that we had planned. Um, we did get disability insurance for him when he was very young. And that has been, you know, a huge financial lifesaver for us. Um, but you know, I just think it's important that people really look at the long-term focus of the money side of this. So, you know, if you had to support your family this, you know, next year, how would you do that? Do you have a plan to do that?
0: Wow. So that was really forward thinking of you guys to get disability insurance. And a lot of us don't. I, I have disability insurance, but my husband doesn't. It makes me really think twice. And I think that, Everybody, a
1: lot of people don't even know if
0: they have it. Quite frankly, like, oh,
1: I think my company offers yeah. it, or I'm not sure. Um, but I will tell you that you know, having been down this road for the past couple of years, um, you know, we've been we've been down three different roads. One was the private disability insurance that he got way back when, um, and it was specific to him being a cardiologist, which is really important in his case. Um, the next disability was his work insurance, and you know that was straight up denied. So that work policy said that you are unable to do any job. And so wow. he's somebody who suffers from an autoimmune condition and a heart condition. But, you know, the example they give you is, but could you fold napkins for eight hours? Oh, my gosh. So that's literally the insurance that was mm-hmm. provided to him by his hospital as a cardiologist. So you might think you have insurance, but and I know that none of us go read those policies.
0: And but I believe you were actually paying difference. into a policy like that
1: well, and what 's interesting is that that you know he he this is details you don 't need to include, but he left work on January fifth and they had just implemented a new policy on January first, and they couldn 't even provide it to him until you know a couple months after he left hmm. but they did deny him so yeah and then and then there 's social security, which is a you know totally different one, but you are you know most of your private disability insurance policies will require you to go for that. And that's only because they want to reduce the amount of money that they're paying.
0: Well, now uh, you're in your go years again. Uh, yes. You so the, the way it worked for you personally, you had 12 years that you were working, 13 years raising your boys, and then also pursuing your passion for writing on the side. You also, as you mentioned, um, you freelanced. You wrote three novels. You were busy. You know, like it, it's. I think I pause was is sort of a an unfair. A description. It's more like, you know, just pause from paid work. That's all it is. Nobody's Nobody's paying you. But raising two little humans, not uh, a small feat. Was it always the plan to return after like they became teenagers or did you consider going back sooner? What was the, how did you know you were, I guess this is really the, the question for all of us. How do we know when we're ready to go back in?
1: I think for me, my plan was always to go back. I think if my writing career had taken off more, um, you know, and I was like publishing novels on the New York Times bestseller list, I probably would have stayed with that. Um, But I think for me, writing was a passion and it was fun and it was a hobby, but it wasn't turning into a career. So that's where I really decided that, you know, I wanted to be back in a job, not only that provided money, but that also provided, you know, that sense of accomplishment. I think that, you know, That is something and maybe it's an ego driven thing, but that was something that I missed. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I I felt like it was time for me. I felt like my family was ready for it. Um, This was before my husband left work. So that actually wasn't part of the decision. Mm -hmm. Um, But
0: it was good timing. And I love that you seem to have had, you had a real sensibility about it. You know, you weren't like, I have to go back into the industry that I once was in. Um, In fact, your gap proved a little bit too long for the career, the industry that you'd been in before, which was high tech, Microsoft, Intel. So you pivoted and tell us about that pivot. So that pivot ended up being to an industry
1: I would have never thought I'd be in, but it was a construction industry. Mm. Um, the job came through a connection. So it was somebody I had known, somebody who had remodeled my house and honestly heard that I was looking for work. And he said, hey, I I have a lot of marketing jobs. Why don't you come work for me while you're looking? So that started as a consulting role. Um, I'd never worked for a small company before. But what was nice is if you step into a small company that hasn't done anything in marketing in a couple of years, you can have almost instant success, I found. Mm -hmm. Um, So that quickly turned into, you know, why don't you stay on full time? Why don't you take on a bigger role? Um, and so I ended up running uh, marketing and operations for this general contractor. And and it was good. Long term, it wasn't my passion. And that's why I decided to go off and create my own business. Um, but it was definitely a good foray back into the workforce for me.
0: And then you started helping other moms go through what you had now experienced, you know, an entire, you know, now... 15, what is it now? 25 plus years? Oh, uh, I don't all know. It these sounds transitions. Like it. <laughs> what have your clients been teaching you? I think that's a, that's always a good um, way to think of it because we go in thinking we're gonna teach everybody all these things, but then along the way, we get schooled on mm-hmm. some things too. So what are you learning about this cohort of you know, modern day women who are transitioning through all of these ins and outs of the workforce? I think- I think one of the things I'm I'm learning the most,
1: and it's not necessarily a positive when I learn it, but I think it just shows where the work needs to be done. Staying home and taking care of your kids can be a fabulous thing, but it is not great for the self-confidence and the feeling of identity. And I think you really need that when you're going out and looking for a job. And I think that that's where a lot of the work is to be done, because um, you know, you've stepped away and like you said, you're raising tiny humans, but those tiny humans don't tell you that you're doing a great job every day. Um, you know, people do feel really removed from the process. And as much as companies say, you know, we're we're hiring the soft skills, um, I, I think we're people going back really feel that they're lacking is in those hard skills. Um, and so a lot of it is just rebuilding that confidence and remembering who you were and what you did.
0: So that's a really interesting point because you definitely hear from some stay-at-home parents that, you know, I, I've always wanted to be a full-time parent. I, I just feel like my identity is so tied to parenthood, motherhood. And so what would you say to those people who um, may or may want to at some point go back into the workforce that what they should perhaps get a volunteer job or stay somehow involved in the workforce, even as they are working or staying at home. I really like to encourage people to do volunteer jobs that
1: are really tuned to to what they what they enjoy and what they think they might want to do. Because if you're a parent, you're volunteering in one way or another for your school or your sports team or your theater group. Um But I would really pay attention to what you do there. You know, if you want to become a board member, that's usually something that's open to parents. If you want to manage finances, you can find your way into that. If you want to create, you know, some creative business and you want to do, you know, custom cookies one day. Well, there's going to be an avenue for you to test those out. So you have so many options there. Um, And so I really encourage people to volunteer with a purpose for starters. And then you are also exposed to so many people. And I think that we as parents don't do a good enough job of talking about ourselves and we get lost in just talking about our kids. So there's people I know that, you know, I'll have talked to them on the sidelines of a soccer field for eight years before I figure out that they're a lawyer, Hmm. you know. And and so, I, you know, I think remember that that network of parents is absolutely available to you because we all want to help each other out. But people have to know, know who you are and, you know, how they might one day help you.
0: I understand your husband is on disability. So are you the breadwinner? Well, I am the breadwinner who is still building their business. So Mm -hmm.
1: I would say that, you know, our financial life now looks different. Um, We do have real estate investments um, that have definitely helped out. And that was part of what I did along the way as well. So, you know, we have a Airbnb rental, we have a you know a condo that we rent and so that's part of the income that comes in um in addition dis- to disability and then there's my growing business but I'm only 6 months or what am I 8 months in now I guess so I wouldn't say that um I've replaced you know his income for sure mm-hmm. but not even not even mine last year to be honest
0: yeah you're still in the in the in the growth phase of your yes. go phase right but uh, right i'm i'm still in the growth of
1: that and you know i took this year with the knowledge that it was not going to be a year that i was making money and i think that is the power of having savings to be able to allow yourself to do it
0: so that brings me to my next question which is a question that i'm doing in partnership with our sponsor chase asking guests about a practice or a step that you have that you practice that helps to um, create financial security for your household? Is there like a an app or a system that you've put in place? Obviously, saving is important, but taking it even a step further.
1: Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think. Well, I mean, I do have, um, you know, I do have a, a broker that I work with um, and I have quarterly meetings with them. And so I think that that quarterly meeting is a good way to stay on top of, you know, what's happening not only in the market, but with my money specifically. Um, and I have worked to expose my children to that along the way as well, because I think that um, I do believe that you know, you want to raise your children with um, knowledge. So my boys are teenagers now, one's in college, one's in high school. And, you know, we've had, you know, times where we've given them some money to invest in the stock market. They've both been working this summer. And so now they're saying, you know, okay, I have this pool of money, you know, I kind of want to invest it in, you know, some sort of fund. Can you help me do that? So i um, trying to spread the knowledge to the family.
0: Well, speaking of kids and childhood, going into your history growing up, what was one thing about money that you learned growing up that has stayed with you?
1: I think growing up, um, you know, my parents, they did expose us to investing. So um, that was something that they were doing, Um I think they were conservative with money in terms of, you know, always pay your credit card off. Um, I do remember them talking about money a fair amount. So when I was a kid, they bought a house. Gosh, I want to say I think it was when interest rates were 14 um, percent. I don't I'd have to go back and see if that was wow. actually true. I, I'm sure that nobody would believe it, but it was. 1980. Oh, it's, yeah, the 80s. So it's- yeah, it was 1980 when they bought a house. And so, you know, like, I mean, that's a big lesson in terms of interest, mm-hmm. um, you know, to understand. Understand how that works and to understand refinancing. Um, so, you know, my mom definitely, she was the one that managed the money and, you know, would, you know, have those lessons with us.
0: I don't hear that too often on the podcast that our parents taught us about investing. That's that, that, you know, that's special. That is, that is. Yeah. No, they, you know, I remember when they got their
1: first stockbroker and, um, they did buy stocks for us as mm-hmm. kids, you know, and and, We wanted to have a little bit of, you know, influence on, you know, which companies we picked. And it wasn't a lot of money by any means, um, but it definitely taught me what the stock market was back in the day. You know, that's when stock, um, you know, the stock prices were printed in the newspaper in that tiny little print at the end of the business section.
0: Hmm. Remember that? Yes. Yes. Well, excuse me. Well, I think that um, while certainly some things change, some things don't. And I think that uh, the work that you're doing is so important because um, no matter where life takes us, there may be a period of time when some of us want to take a break. We want to take a pause. We want to focus more on family. And that's important. And I love that you're giving people not just the permission, but also the power to live in that and to also transition from that gracefully and successfully. And The fact that you're doing it, too, um, means that you're not just, you know, you're not just hair club president. You're also a client. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And I'm not here to say it's easy. You
1: know, people can learn from things that I've done wrong over the years that I'm more than happy to have people learn from that. But I do think the power of story and just seeing other people who have been down this road is really impactful.
0: The show is called, the show and really the whole empire that you're building, but the podcast especially, I love the Ready, Pause, Go podcast, focusing on the power of the career pause. Congratulations. Really, there's so much um, to learn from you and we hope that many of our listeners will subscribe to the show. I think a lot of us need this advice. Thank you so much, Erica. Thanks, Farnish. Learn more about Erica on her site, ReadyPauseGo.com, and you can connect with her in a Facebook group, Go, as well as on Instagram with the same name. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Happy Labor Day. I hope your day is so money.